This episode is sponsored by Naughty Night. Owned and operated by Brooke Taylor, a body positive black queen who believes everybody deserves a great orgasm. Naughty Nights leaves no orgasm unfulfilled, y'all. I mean, none. When I was shopping on the website, I found vibrators, bondage sets, butt plugs, enhancement pills, stripper poles, and of course, the lingerie for women up to a size 4X. Literally, she has us all covered. For my first purchase, I settled on a pair of remote-controlled vibrating panties to add to the foreplay for me and the Roz whenever he's not on the truck. So on top of that, I also received a sample of the Pink Pussycat Sensual Enhancement Pills. This pill is said to give a greater, more explosive orgasm. You heard me? Ain't nobody gonna turn that down. So shop with Naughty Nights at their website. That's www com and follow them on Instagram at Naughty Nights 704. Welcome back to the Queen X podcast, the podcast where we discuss ways to live a life with an ash-free mindset. I am your beautiful divine and powerfully feminine host autumn black you guys have been waiting on this series forever and i assure you that i did not disappoint i know that you guys loved my bonus episode last week so let's jump right into this series sensuality versus sexuality how are they different how do they go hand in hand how do we utilize either or This is going to be a very interesting series, but I did not want to talk about this all by myself. So when it comes to sex and sensuality, I believe that there are too many fucking rules. Sex should be something that's pleasurable with raw passion, right? And then add in more pleasure. It's sex. Seems like this is exactly the way that men have been allowed to enjoy sex for millenniums. And I am sick and tired of hearing how trashy and unclassy women are for voicing our sexual desires, our sexual hangups, and sexual liberation. So today, you are going to join in and listen on my conversation with Nisi, who is the host of Big Black Girl, Small Kink World. It's another podcast, and oh my gosh, Nisi is fantastic. The podcast is great. Her energy is on point. Her conversation is fluid. This is about to be so dope. Based off of the title alone, I knew I hit the jackpot when a friend suggested her for this interview. This is not a conversation for the faint-hearted, the closed-minded, or the sexually afraid. Nisi and I lay it all out on the dominatrix table for you to enjoy. So sit back, put your headphones in, because we're about to get loose. I will see you at the end of the episode. Hello. Hey, Nisi. How are you? Doing well. Dope, dope. Thank you for <laughs> taking the time out of your day to engage with the queen x crew and in my royal tribe we are beyond ecstatic to have you for this conversation for real for real oh great yeah i'm excited 
Yes, I've been listening to your podcast like nonstop, hella hype about this conversation, hella invested. So I'm like, okay, if I'm going to talk about this with anybody, Nisi is the one I need to talk to. Wow, thanks. Yeah, I'm really excited. Thank you for having me on. (laughs) As we dive into the interview, go ahead and tell my audience um, a little bit about who Nisi is and what they can expect whenever they do listen to um, Big Black Girl, Small Kink World. I love that name. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, well, I'm, I'm a 30-year-old on the West Coast. Uh, I'm a big girl, big black girl, and learning how to accept myself in all the different ways possible as a woman in this age involving you know sexuality kink experiences that involve all those things and you know i'm just trying to move through the world the in the most goddess way possible yes (laughs) turn up for the women who acknowledge the goddess that they are and they just live and exist in that shit i love it (laughs) yeah it's 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 a tough one you know because the world is constantly telling you not to do that so it's a hard it's a hard battle, but when you, you get to the top of the mountain, it feels good. <laughs> I know that's right. Okay, so um, just based off of what I've learned about you through listening to your podcast, I know you've mentioned um, before that you, that you, I don't know if you currently are a sex worker or have been in the past. I, I have been in the past. I guess currently I do have an OnlyFans and technically that does count as sex work depending on what you're doing on OnlyFans. Mm-hmm. But it's not something I'm focused on currently mostly because, man, sex work is a lot of work and nobody really told me that it was going to be hard, you know? <laughs> you like, sex is fun so I can do this. Exactly. <laughs> you think it's going to be all fun and games and then you like, oh, I got to clock in. That's, mm, that's That's messing my nap time up. okay so Um, i want to just kind of when people hear the term sex worker the first thing that they think automatically is straight up hooker on the corner prostitution Mm -hmm. and so i wanted to talk to you about debunking that and kind of educating people on the different kinds of sex work what could be considered um, sex work and the people who are doing it um as sex workers just because i don't i hate for people to hear that term and put it in a bubble and try to judge people Um, based off of that. No, yeah, absolutely. It is a huge umbrella. Like, yes, I guess sex work does include prostitution, but there are so many levels to it. (laughs) You know, like there's porn, which is legal, you know, that's sex work also. And now, thanks to Pornhub, you can do that stuff yourself. You can work from home. (laughs) (laughs) There's, uh, there's like selling things sexually, like there's, um, like toys and things like that you can sell and that can be considered sex work. There's, uh, I used to sell panties on Reddit in my younger days and that can be considered sex work as well. Um, I guess my more, my more recent sex work was phone sex operator, which was really fun for a good, like two weeks. I was like, okay, this is fun. And then it got weird. (laughs) <laughs> oh, and then yeah it was exciting but then it just it got really boring and then it was like ugh. but then uh there's also there's like those websites those like dating sites where like people pay to talk to people mm-hmm. and 
those that can also be considered sex work because you are talking to people. It, the conversations can get sexual, but you know it doesn't always have to be. You don't have to be doing any anything really sexual while you do it. But technically, it is sex work because it involves sexual, I guess, words maybe commentary. It's a huge it's a huge umbrella. It can be so many different things. Right. Like I suppose somebody, like somebody working in a sex shop could be doing sex work also even though it's just retail you know so right 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 yeah. so that's what i was thinking is just anything um basically who, that could turn someone on like you never know like those sites you were talking about where all you're doing is just conversating but that could literally be someone's kink you know yeah. you have no mm-hmm. idea what people are into and so th- it's just a wide variety and a wide range um which is yeah very much why I love it because um it can it can anything can be classified it but it doesn't have to be like raunchy you know unless that's what you're into and I'm not here to judge (laughs) yeah um there's actually there's like dominatrixes and things like that there's actually like finance dominatrixes that don't do anything except for like spend money like a like a person's money and like that's that's their kink and that's how they get off. Like that's sex work, but I mean, all they're doing is getting paid. So they're not doing anything else. So yeah. sign me up. You know, <laughs> trying to get yeah, a mat. Yeah. Like, what? What? You telling me that yeah. all I have to do to turn you on is to swipe your credit card and not mine? Sign <laughs> me up. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So um, do you have like a different understanding or a different definition of sensuality versus sexuality? Yeah, I do. Um, I would say sensuality is a little bit more covert and sexuality is more overt. Like I was trying to think of like a good example. Um, but I think like, like let's say sensuality is like a, like a body con dress. Like it's cute, you know, but it's, there's no cleavage or whatever, but it's just a cute form fitting dress. Like you can see everything and you can see the parts that you appreciate, but it's not, you're not seeing any cleavage or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I think sexuality is more like the cleavage body con where you like, yes, these are my, these are my, my tits. This is my ass. Like if everything is out, like it's more overt. And that's what I would consider the difference. Like somebody can be sensual in how they speak to you, even if they're not saying sexual words. But right. sexuality is like, you know, you 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 having the conversation. Like that's sexuality. But sensuality can just be like how you move and how you speak. It's like a personality trait, I would think. Yes, I totally agree with that. And I think that sometimes Um, I think that sometimes based off of what people's, just how people interpret you, like you were saying earlier, you are living and existing as the goddess that you are and the goddess that you are can, you know, tend to be a sensual or a sexual person, depending on what type of energy that you feeling like you're in at the moment. But people will automatically put you in a box. And if a woman decides that she wants to be vocal about what she wants and how she wants it whether speaking sexually or not they tend to try to classify you and put you in a box and just say oh you're this kind of person yeah it's it's really kind of frustrating because there's levels to it and obviously it goes by how you feel in the mood you know like 
people can be sensual one minute and and not sexual or sensual the next. It really sort of depends on how things flow. And I feel like that's heavily missed when it comes to sexuality specifically. So Yes. Yeah. It's like um, as women, whenever we go out to the bar and a guy buys you a drink and you're being flirtatious and, you know, batting your eyes and, you know, a little bit of petting on the arms and because of because of that they're automatically like oh i'm about to get some like you know this is we closed the deal like you don't have the choice and the option of being flirtatious but not giving up the draws right exactly it's like because you started something now you gotta finish it and it's like why (laughs) Why can't we just play the game what (laughs) right 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 Like, I thought that we were just being sensual. I didn't know that this was, we were taking it to the next sexual level. Right. And I think, I think consent kind of, kind of gets in the way of that too. Like, like consent is the reason why those things stop at a place. Like, that's why sensuality stops and sexuality begins at consent. So it's like. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Yes. It's like this strange thing where men are like, well, if you touched my arm before, I don't understand why you can't go a little lower. And it's like, I don't want to. And and that's why right there. (laughs) Yes. I'm totally comfortable with feeling the muscles on your arms, totally comfortable with, you know, rubbing on your neck. That literally doesn't mean that I want to put your dick in my mouth. Exactly. Those two things are not the same. Just because one happens doesn't mean the other has to. Exactly. I wish men would understand that. They don't seem to catch on (laughs) I literally love that you pointed out that the line the line drawn is consent like I'm consenting to doing this I'm not consenting to doing that that's period that's where that's where it ends yeah (laughs) I've learned that in kink you have to be very very clear about where the consent ends because man people will push you that's (laughs) unfortunate you know people will push Wow. So is that is that on a list of challenges or struggles that you've experienced, like being in the the kink industry? Yeah, I'll say for sure. I think one of the most difficult kind of conversations I feel like I have to keep having with people is that just because I speak a certain way or I do certain things with certain people, doesn't mean that I do that with everybody and it definitely doesn't mean that I'm, I'm gonna do it with some random dude who just randomly propositioned me like I remember uh this one man who was following me on my fet life got really upset because he propositioned me for like a blowjob or something and I was just like you know no <laughs> he was just like oh you'll do this with these people but you won't do this with me and I was like yes that's exactly right. I will do this with whoever I want. And you're not those people. And it's like a constant conversation. Like, you know, people feel entitled to, especially because I'm a black woman and a fat woman, people feel like just because they're giving me attention, they are entitled for my attention back. And it's, you definitely have to draw that line in the sand to say, you know, I have these boundaries. You don't get to cross them. And that's, that's it, you know? That's low-key disgusting. Actually, it's kind of high-key disgusting that people just feel so like you are just obligated to them. Um, So I'm going to break down two things that you said, especially because you're a Black woman and especially because you are a big Black woman. How Mm -hmm. has that, like, 
I, obviously it's affected the way that you maneuver and the way that you move in um in sex work in the kink industry in life in general can you give us a little bit more examples of what what you go through that maybe the quote-unquote average woman may not sure um I do feel like most women are fetishized in general for whatever reason, you know, like red hair, long legs, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think specifically being a black woman, I, I think it's even more difficult than being a fat woman. <laughs> like that's saying a lot, but being a wow. black woman is like ultimately the most fetishized I've ever been. has been men, especially white men asking me, you know, to act a certain way or be a certain way because I'm black. And it's just like, It could also be because I'm in, you know, because the location, I'm on the West Coast. So there's not a huge, you know, amount of Black people here. So that might also, like, play into it. Mm -hmm. But it's just, it's really discouraging because, you know, I'm I'm more than just my race. But also, it's just like a weird curiosity that doesn't make any sense. Because, yes, I am a Black woman, obviously. But, like, this doesn't make me any different. (laughs) Like, I could be into the same things that that Asian girl's into, like, it doesn't change anything. Right. But it's just, like, that's the, the main, the main combat is, like, oh, but you might, you must be into this. I remember this one guy, uh, this, was, <laughs> this was a while ago, but I was hooking up with this guy, and, like, we were, he was nervous or something, I'm sure, but, like, you know, mid-action, he was asking me if I knew how to rap and stuff, and I was just, like, how are we having this conversation right now <laughs> you're so you're so awkward yeah mostly because you know i don't know if he was just super nervous about being with a black girl but like that was clearly the conversation <laughs> it was so weird <laughs> so it's almost as and, if like we're still not really to be considered as human because for some reason this is going to be a different sexual experience just based off the fact that you're black Yes, it's like the humanity is not there. It's like, it's so strange because what on earth do they think we are? Like, like, like what? <laughs> um, whenever men say that, oh, I've never been with a black girl before. I'm like, we're we're no different. But obviously, that turns me off immediately. I'm like, okay, well, gross. Like, <laughs> I don't want to talk to you. That's gonna be where we start. <laughs> yeah, know? that just makes the whole encounter awkward and hella weird because now. I can't even believe that he asked you, do you rap? Like, he just expected for you to, what, bust out in a Nicki Minaj rhyme? Like, yeah. as you were orgasming was, or something? Like, what? The worst part is my mouth was full. So it was like, sir, how am I supposed to rap right now? Like, all I could do was laugh. I chortled, you know, because you can't laugh. Right. <clears throat> with mouth work. Well, I, I was like, wow. And it did, it did end. Like, I did not continue that hookup. I was just like, you know, we have to stop. Because he kept asking stuff. The next question was, do you know how to sing? And I was like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to end this. <laughs> wow. So these are <laughs> stereotypes that he has in his mind about what is, what black women are. And he wants to experience yep. all of those stereotypes while he's getting his rocks off. Yep. <laughs> Just, it was ridiculous. You canceled. <laughs> what? <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's true. Had to end right in the middle. <laughs> okay, so definitely more more racism in sex than about your fetishizing your size, or is that something that you also deal with? 
I mean, I also deal with that too. I'll say like, I feel like being a bigger person has become more acceptable. Maybe not quite as quickly, but far more acceptable than being black. Like, I feel like a lot of people still have a lot of those racist stereotypes that worry them more than they have stereotypes about fat people, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, that's kind of what I experienced. Like, it's it's a weird, I was just talking with my aunt about this too. It's like a weird kind of, kind of disconnect where people seem to think that because I'm a black person, I, I'm not actually human. Like, like we're literally magic. Like, I agree, I am magical. But, but like, right. they're, it's like they don't really believe we're human. Like, like in so many different ways. Like, even pain, because I'm, I'm into the BDSM kink community, right? So, mm-hmm. impact play and all kinds of things, getting spanked and stuff. Like, even talking about pain and stuff, they they seem to think we don't have the same amount of pain receptors. They think that we, it's ridiculous. Like like as if we have tougher skin, like like genetically, which is ridiculous because that doesn't that's not scientifically proven at all. Like it's just so many weird stereotypes that, you know, you can only combat with literally just shutting up and letting black people talk to you. <laughs> it's so weird, <laughs> right? Yeah, I don't, I don't shame, get it. Shame, shame, shame on society for still just having a lack of compassion, a lack of just human knowledge and understanding. Like, it's yeah. weird. That's that's super weird. So, okay, so mm-hmm. let me ask you, um, because not everybody can be as open and honest with talking about sex or sexual experiences. So, what was mm-hmm. your what was your upbringing like in relation to how you were raised to think about sex and relationships um, with sex? It's actually really funny. I was raised a Jehovah's Witness, so I have very Christian family. Um, still very Christian, by the way. Most of them are still in the church. Uh, and we didn't really like have, it wasn't like a real conversation to have. You know, we, we talked a bit about it when I was younger and I was educated, you know, with the school education and stuff about, you know, we we had the sex education and whatever, but I didn't really have like a, like, I guess a sexual awakening or any of that until the internet (laughs) was available to me. (laughs) Um, I think I had my first computer when I was like 12. So then it was like, okay, now I'm on the internet and I'm learning stuff. Um, but like, I didn't have a close relationship with my mother. So it wasn't like I could ask her questions. I was much closer with my sister. She's 10 years older than me. So she was going through a whole slew of things while I was just coming around. Mm -hmm. Um, so I would learn from her. Basically, I would kind of like, you know, read her diary, you know, (laughs) learn about the things that she experienced. (laughs) Like, you know, slick, like, okay, so this is what that is. All right. I'd ask her sometimes, but you know, I was 10 years younger. She wasn't trying to give me all that information, but it was mostly just watching her and seeing how she grew through her femininity and trying to like understand, you know, when she went out on dates, what men were supposed to treat her, which treating her like, so I knew what men were supposed to treat me like, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, my dad, I mean, we didn't talk about that at all. because He was very Christian, so definitely didn't talk about it. So <laughs> he didn't want to hear no just, parts of that. None at all. He was like, no, you a little girl forever. I'm the youngest also. So that's the other part. <laughs> so it was a lot of 
of me sort of guessing and trying to figure out on my own how things worked, but like watching my older siblings and what they experienced and trying to pick up that. Um, my 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 oldest brother was a basketball star, so he always had girls around, and so it was interesting to see him and how they interacted and stuff. So I, I was mostly an observer, and that's kind of where where I got my information. Okay, so what made you decide to, like, not take on the personality of being ashamed and embarrassed to speak out loud about it? Because that's just not the way that our society runs. Our society is very afraid of just talking out loud about the one thing that we all love to do. (laughs) We all love it. Um, Love it. You know, it it was just... I didn't hear any voices like mine out there, like anybody talking from my specific experience, which is being a fat girl, being a black girl and trying to maneuver this weird kink sex world. Like, I was just like, you know what? Somebody has to document this because it's weird. <laughs> like, so we have to, mm-hmm. it, somebody needs to know how to, how to walk through this world. And, and it might as well be me helping you along. Like, it just felt like the right thing to do. Like, if if I was gonna be everybody's friend, what would I say to everybody going into the going into the party? You know, into the party where they're supposed to be doing sexual acts or whatever. Like, what kind of advice would I give? And that's just how I don't know. I wish I wish I found that person <laughs> to help me through it. <laughs> I didn't have to experience those things on my own, um, especially in a place where you know. I stand out so much like you know in in, like the south and stuff where there's more black people and there's more people who look like me like both in size and all other ways I'm sure it's a different scene but out here it's like you walk into a room and you're the only black person and then I'm big too and then my hair is colored and it's like everybody's staring at me it's like a whole thing so I just wish that I had that voice like that older sister or that mentor who was into those things who could talk to me about it and just be like hey you could do this you should feel confident doing this and try this if you like it and you know you just just a helping hand and I just felt like everybody deserves a helping hand so here I am here to help. I love I love that about you and I love the fact that even though it makes me uncomfortable to say it, I love the fact that you are like unapologetic about saying I'm black and I'm fat. <laughs> and not and not saying it in a negative way like when you say that you're black, I hear that with a lot of love. Like I, I feel like you are comfortable and you love being black and it's equal with you being fat. You're not ashamed of it. You're not, it's not a negative trait. It's just another thing that's a part of who you are and it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I love that. I love hearing you say that. It makes me uncomfortable to say it to you, but <laughs> Yeah, but that that ain't got nothing to do with you. It makes me feel a lot more comfortable having a conversation with you whenever you can just acknowledge who you are, point blank, be- point blank, period, and not be apologetic about it. Yeah, I feel like I feel like there's a lot of uh, words that could be offensive, but I feel like that is a descriptor. You know, I also think you know, black in the wrong coming out the wrong lips could be offensive too. But <laughs> you know, but. I I celebrate who I am and it took me a long time to get to a place where I could. It's it's easy learning about yourself and seeing that you're different and then accepting it. You know, it's so much easier 
to try and just fit in and be like everyone else or or for what my body type is treated like to just hide behind like a, a hoodie <laughs> you know it can, it, it's easier right but I feel I've never felt more liberated I've never felt more myself since I've decided to dive into this part of myself and open up to the world and it feels really good I can't I can't knock it you know it feels great so everyone should do it <laughs> you like uh no complaints over here okay none none <laughs> and it obviously does not stop you like nothing about you stops you from being able to get off like you got plenty of people that are after you like hey I'm trying to hit that I'm trying to see what that be like you fine you look good I love the color hair like I'm trying to see what that's like yeah it's really surprising it's, it was a shock I'll say not because I don't find myself attractive but just because you know society tells you what's what's supposed to be attractive so when you walk outside mm. and you know people look at other people that don't look like you you're like okay I get it she looks like Pocahontas she fine I get it but like you know walking into the kink world it was like suddenly I was Pocahontas it was a shock I was just like oh well I guess I can be worshipped that's fine let's do it you know <laughs> so now I get worshipped I guess hell yes and I think that a lot of it has to do with just like that confidence that I am that I'm feeling from you people probably automatically get that from you whenever you're you know posing for your pictures and whenever you're just just living and existing and going to the grocery stores yourself with so much confidence confidence is attractive as fuck on people and it don't matter what you look like what your teeth look like what your feet look like what your size is what your hair color is if you're confident with it that shit is sexy i agree yeah i love a, i love a confident man that's the only thing that will stop me from from a man is whether or not he's confident that's true facts <laughs> so Okay, so I want to get into the main reason why I was like, I need, need, need to have Nisi come on the podcast so we could talk about this, about society's fear and their hate of women being sexually liberated. Um, the idea that women, but especially Black women, like we said earlier, have the right to be sexual and still be sensual or sexual but still have the right to say no so i know everybody's very familiar with all of the drama and the hoopla that was based around um cardi b and meg the stallion song wop yeah and everybody was mad and pissed off because it's so <laughs> vulgar it's so disgusting it's just it's so raunchy yeah, but the same the same men that were saying that are the same men that want us to do these things to them. Everything <laughs> they talked about in that song, I didn't did it before, and I'm trying to do it again. When my husband get off the semi truck, I'm trying to do it again. <laughs> but they don't want to hear us talk about it. <laughs> yeah, um, I'll never understand that. I'll never understand why they want, you know, a woman to be. I guess. It's, I, I think, honestly, I think part of it is they want to be a part of the discovery, but they also don't want to do any of the work of, of being a part of the discovery, you know, because it takes a lot. You have to have a lot of conversations to find to find a real freak or to open up a real freak. You know what I mean? To have those. It took a lot to to learn about the things that you are interested in, to, to have the balls to go out and try it and buy the toy or buy the rope or all of that takes effort. And it takes a lot of emotional labor. 
which is weird. I feel like a lot of people don't get it, but it takes emotional labor to like, to like figure out what kind of kinks you enjoy or what kind of nasty stuff you like and to actually pursue it. Those things, you have to be really okay with yourself. And I think a lot of, a lot of people in general aren't, but especially a lot of men haven't put in the emotional labor it takes to to really be comfortable with the fact that they do want a woman to do this nasty stuff with them or, you know, to, to ask for these things or to even participate in some of those things in a different way than they're used to seeing or doing. Like it takes a lot of knowing who you are and accepting who you are. And I think that scares people. I think women taking back their power and accepting themselves and accepting that they deserve better is scary because it's just not something that everybody is used to. It's just not something that's really been done in a very, very long time. Women have been mm-hmm. under the man's thumb for centuries, you know? So it, it, it's a big change and it can look, it can look like, I guess, like the, like their world is coming to an end because if we can demand sex whenever we want, what do we need them for? Right? Like <laughs> what do we need marriage for if we can go out and get, you know, have sex whenever we want and not get pregnant and, you know, all these things that used to hold women back. We can go buy property. We can go get a car. Like, what what do we need men for? And I guess that's all they were banking on was, you know, the just doing the bare minimum. And now they have to put in effort. And they're just, it's hard. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I've seen multiple. Um, I'm in, you know, a lot of Facebook groups that are female based because that is my entire audience. My entire purpose on this earth is to empower and encourage women and whatever the fuck it is that they decide that they want to do. Mm-hmm. So it. I hear a lot of women say that they lessen themselves and they kind of shrink themselves in order to make sure that the men in their lives feel like they can always hold their position. So when it comes to sex, Mm -hmm. they will, they don't feel confident telling their partners that what you're doing doesn't feel good. They, I mean, this has been for millenniums (laughs) that decade after decade where we've been faking orgasms and pretending like we're satisfied uh, because you don't want to you know shoot a man's ego down and Mm -hmm. I think that we are now in a time where we're coming out of that where not only are we not shrinking ourselves but I'm telling you I don't like what you're doing but it will feel real good if you did it like that instead and these men are either balls are either gonna shrivel up (laughs) and they're gonna cry and they're gonna run away or they're gonna your balls are gonna grow and you're gonna figure out how to do what the fuck feels right Exactly. And I feel like we as women have been forced into those situations so many times to like, to like figure out how to please our man, like how many magazine articles, how many Cosmo numbered 87 ways to, to make your man say, Ooh, like (laughs) so many different ways we've learned to please them. And, you know, now it's time to take back some stuff for ourselves. Like, yeah, I don't think any woman should fake an orgasm e- ever. No, tell him he's wrong. Just rub his nose in it. That sounds strange. But still, you know what I mean? Tell him he's wrong and tell him to fix it. You know, put another finger in there. I'm just saying, you just need to get... Right, right, right. Vocal is important. And I just feel like, I feel like men, men aren't used to it. So it's just like, they're, it's like, it feels like a shock to them. They're like, what? I'm not good at this. Every woman says I'm good at at this and it's like mm, every woman lied so, so here we are <laughs> they're all fucking liars we all, all lie. 
for your for your ego and now their ego is not as important as as our orgasm and so now they're hurt and i understand that is frustrating um but you know it's adapt or die i guess right that's what women have been doing for a century adapt or die so here here they go they can adapt yes it is your turn now yeah (laughs) use toys and stuff there's so much out there it's just really they just have to be open and i think we as women have had to be open for so long you know open to them cheating open to (laughs) outside families open to strippers even remember like when being like when going to a strip club was like common like very very common with men still is but like now women are getting into it too but like it used to be like your man goes to the strip club your man goes to the club he wants to leave you alone like that was like so common 10 years ago and now Mm -hmm. it's like (laughs) now it's like now it's like, well, why does she want to go out all the time? And I don't understand why we can't stay home. And it's like, you know, things have changed and it's time to adapt. <laughs> yes, I'm trying to have a good time. What you mean, Roger? I'm not trying to be sitting up here looking at you with your three pumps and I'm done. Like, exactly. no, I need excitement <laughs> in my life. My okay? goodness, exactly. Time to move on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and so I do partially think that some of it is um, just men recognizing that you know I've been I've been getting away with being subpar for decades, millenniums. Like people have just literally been letting me skate by, and so if I have to actually rise to her standards, if she's actually going to be vocal and tell me what I'm doing isn't enough, then like, okay, come on now, Charles, I know you can do better than that. <laughs> Okay, do a couple of stretches. <laughs> I know that you can bend it over like Beckham. Like, you can do something. something. They are terrified. Like, these women have high-ass fucking standards. Mm-hmm. Y'all better take these three strokes that I've been given for the last decade. <laughs> and I think the funniest part is, like, the, the idea that a woman after a certain age is used up and, like, no other man will want her. It's like a weird lie because, listen, I'm 32 and I have never been hit on by young men more. Like, 22-year-olds out here trying to blow my back out. And I'm like, sir, what? You're like, what? So I... <laughs> Like, could you imagine being in a marriage where you're not getting any kind of sex or not orgasms, no orgasms at all, and then you divorce that person and then you're dating somebody 10 years younger and he's, you know, knocking it out the park? Like, there's so many opportunities. Like, Like, yeah, there's too many opportunities out here. There's too much, there's too much good dick out there to just, uh, to stick with the old, you know, so... Right. That's why I said they're either going to rise to the occasion or get your ass there out of is. the way. And so <laughs> I that's got to be like one of my favorite things about my partner is like my husband loves a challenge. Like he loves for, for me to challenge him, but he'd be serving <laughs> it up. So I'd be like, OK, t- time out for me. Time out for me because I can't rise to the occasion. I water need some break. water. I need a break. You know, (laughs) exactly. But we spend so much time apart that it's like, you know, it gets built up over over a a certain amount of time. Oh, yeah, that sounds fun. That build up is a good build up. And it it is, it is. But one of the things that, you know, that can be a challenge is, you know, telling your partner like, hey, um, not really a fan of that. 
especially whenever it's something that they are into. So you do, you know, have to find that balance of being like, okay, I like this and you like that. So how do we, how do we, how do we make right. this make sense? So what, what do you do in situations like that? So, so oftentimes, like, usually if I'm meeting somebody new, like having that kind of conversation, like I try to match up what we can and can do what we like. You know, I have that conversation pretty early on. But with, with somebody I've been hooking up with for a while, like it's all about communication. It's literally like, okay, so you want to try this and this is something I've never really done or ever really been interested in. So tell me why you like it. And then maybe, you know, I can get in your mind about it. And then that can be the way that I, you know, that I get aroused that way. So it's like talking about it for me can be, and that turns me on, like watching my partner be aroused and excited about it can help. But it's all about talking about it and just figuring out exactly what what can work for the both of you. Because it's not going to be everything always. Like there aren't any partners that are all 100% matched up, but you know, there's always a way if we can work around it. Maybe, maybe they need another, maybe they need a playmate, like a different playmate, you know, who knows? It could be something. It's just got to talk it through, make sure everybody's on the same page. I feel like communication is the most important. And see, that's something that people are missing when it comes to sex is people think of it as such a physical thing that they forget that communication is key when it comes yeah. to sex. It's, it's the most important thing because even if like, you, cause you could be trying something, both of you could be trying something that you've never tried before and you don't know how to react. Cause you know, maybe you didn't like it. Maybe he did like it and it's confusing and weird to try and talk about it. But it's really important to discuss those things, especially if you're being adventurous together. Like, you know, it's just important to talk it out and make sure everybody's on the same page emotionally and physically about what's going on. And it can be weird, but it's, it makes you, it's more intimate at the end. And that's what sex is really all about. It's intimacy. Mm -hmm. I a hundred, a hundred percent agree. Okay. Nisi. So can you tell the Royal tribe, um, how long you've been doing your podcast, where we can find your podcast, um, and where we can follow you on social media. Okay. I've been doing my podcast for almost a year now. It'll be a year in December. Um, you can, let me think it's uh, you can buy me on, on Instagram, on Facebook and on, gosh, I think that's it. Instagram, Facebook and FetLife. If you happen to be there, <laughs> it's big, little, small kink world on literally every platform. And that's, that's it. That's me. Um, I'm hoping you guys check me out. I'm pretty fun. Got a few jokes in there. What has been, what's been your favorite episode so far? Oh gosh, my favorite episode is probably my fatness and femininity episode or my race play episode. I feel like both of those were like difficult and challenging, but really intuitive and informative. And I think people would appreciate understanding viewpoints on those that they may not have ever heard before. So yeah. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to link both of those episodes um, in the description for this episode. So you guys can go and check Nisi out on Big Black Girls, Small Kink World. Thank you so much, Nisi, for coming on and having this conversation with me. I very much appreciate this. And I look forward to more episodes from you. I'm already a subscriber. I 
cannot wait for the next episode to come out. I'd be literally <laughs> refreshing, okay, my Apple podcast. Like, is it here? Is it here? Where is it <laughs> Thank you so much, Queen. I appreciate it. I, I'll definitely upload probably this weekend, actually. So keep, stay tuned. <laughs> Some of y'all might be clutching your pearls right now. Some of y'all might be headed over to the Naughty Nights website so that you could pick you up some goodies. It could be going either way right now. I feel amazing about that conversation. I feel liberated. I feel seen. I feel heard. I feel attractive. I feel I just feel really good about sharing that with you. I love Nisi so much for taking the time out to join us on the podcast and bring her perspective and pieces of information that I didn't even know about sex working, about sensuality, about um, sexual liberation and freedom. There's just a plethora of ways that this conversation can go. There's a lot of different perspectives, a lot of different feelings and emotions, and also a lot of kinks as we learned. So I hope that you guys thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. This is just one piece of the puzzle when it comes to the sex and sensuality series for the Queen X podcast. Um, We'll be back in two weeks with another interview with another Black queen expressing and showing her perspective on sex and sensuality. I also want to implore you guys to do yourself a favor, hop on over to the link in the description for this episode for the Ash Free Thoughts Journal. You are going to want to take notes on this sex and sensuality journey, okay? If you're already a part of the Royal Tribe and you are receiving newsletters from me every Sunday, I have been sending out... um, journal prompts. Every Sunday, I send out an email at about 11, 10, 11 o'clock at nightish, which has a week's worth of journal prompts for you to enjoy going into the next week. And of course, with the sex and sensuality series, we are not heavily focusing on sex and sensuality, but we're throwing a couple of those in there because that's what we're chatting about. Um, I also want to remind all of the people in my Wichita community, okay? I'm talking to you right now, ICT Wichita, November 28th, my group, my girls, Bringing a Black, me, Danielle Felicia, coming at you with another small business Saturday event. We have a big crew of local entrepreneurs, some even coming from out of town to participate in this event. So I want you guys to make sure that you click the link again in the description to um, mark that you are going to be attending this event on Facebook. We do have a Facebook um, event page up for this, but I want to know an estimate of how many people are going to be there. We will be following COVID rules and regulations, um, but we also have so many vendors that are going to be there. I want to make sure that everybody has enough time to get around, meet all of the different vendors. I'm excited because these are going to be some vendors there that even I've never met before. Um, and I'm so, so, so excited to be back in ICT for a whole week of just me and my Wichita fam. Hey, hey, hey. So yes, don't forget, um, of course, per usual, if you enjoyed this episode, um, leave me a review. 
please, 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 if you're listening to this on Apple Podcast, iTunes Podcast, whatever they decided to name it, leave me a review, um, preferably five stars. Reviews help the podcast to um, be spread out and gain new audience members, new listeners. Another way that you can do that if you are not listening on an Apple Podcast is you can go to my Facebook fan page and you can leave me a review there. It is facebook.com backslash queen x pod leave me a review review there also just copy and paste the link to this episode and post it on your facebook page screenshot that you're listening to this and share it in your story on your instagram page um help me spread word about how fucking fire this podcast is i love you guys so 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 much i will talk to you guys in a couple of weeks peace